Yes, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast Q&A edition. As always, double thumbs up, give it a thumbs up. Um, if you ask any questions live in the comments below, I will get to them before the end of the podcast. If you're watching on the YouTubes, once again, thumbs up. Like I can't tell you how much thumbs up really helps out the YouTube channel and this Facebook. It just makes it appear in more people's feeds uh, and it costs completely nothing to you um, and it you know, helps grow the show. The other thing that you can do is if you're listening to the podcast or even if you're listening to this on YouTube, just go to Apple Podcast or you can go to, I think it's Stitcher, does it? But give us a five-star review over there. That also massively helps out. Uh, reviews help out the biggest. And if you do those, I've made a pledge to hook you guys up with either a free call with me, free consultation, um, or a one free month of Rugby Muscle. Just hit me up. Um, or give the five-star review, and then I'll announce those live each week as we go on the podcast. So... Without further ado, you guys will have asked the questions already on the Facebook group post I made earlier, and you will have asked them on the when you entered the group. And I will get to those questions first, and then I'll get to any questions that have been asked on the live. And we can go for about, I reckon we'll go for about 30 minutes. We'll see how we go here. Um, first, I want to give a shout out for, um, let's go to Matt. Scahill, who says, great podcast for anybody looking for strength and conditioning you can apply to your rugby. These guys have all given me um, a good shout out recently. It's, it's like really good reviews coming in. It really does help out and I'm, I'm really grateful for those. So Matt Scahill says, great podcast for anybody looking for strength and conditioning you can apply to your rugby. Highly recommended. I've listened to the podcast since January when I made the decision to start playing again after 13 years out. I'm 33. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. The weekly information and other resources have helped me transform myself physically through rugby-specific advice, which you don't get from other S&C podcasts. It's also great listening with some super engaging guests, so also worth it, and also well worth for entertainment value also. Keep up the great work, TJ. Matt, awesome man. Reach out to me, TJ at rugby-muscle.com, or just shoot me a DM, TJ underscore rugby. Either way, this will be recorded, so... We'll put this up on the podcast and on YouTube's after the fact as well. So uh, give it a thumbs up and comment below, below if you're watching on the live and let me know the quality. Otherwise, I will crack straight into the questions. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying, if you're listening to the podcast, a new series that I've done here, the Rugby Muscle Applied series, where we are without guests and we're really trying to get into the nitty gritty of like some really detailed things that you need to go on. Um, I started it. A while back when I did the ones about like my hypertrophy 101, hypertrophy hacks, and I will do a lot more about fat loss, hypertrophy, power gain, speed gain. This one has done, or the most the initial one was done on deloading. I do really suggest you guys give that a listen to because it's a concept that a lot of people get wrong, and it's a concept that will help improve your rugby significant or your training significantly if you get it right. Speaking of helping your training improve significantly let's get into the question so first we have a question coming in from the youtube roll flex he says what do you think is the most important gym workout for a guy who needs to be strong but very explosive and needs to build size 
What do you think a week for that would look like? Of course, your content is great as always. Big fan here. Thank you for the kind words. So this is a sort of a, um, a misnomer and it's something that people get confused with a lot. Like it's a, because it, it makes for a fun question, right? To say like, what's the ultimate workout? And I've done podcasts before and, and, and written articles about the ultimate workout. The fact is, is that the ultimate workout doesn't exist and there is no need to do it. Like there is, there's never been something to say that you have to do this single workout forever. That just doesn't exist. Rather, and <clears throat> what's a lot more important is your like one year plan. And you break that one year plan, you know, because then you can, under, then you've got a lot of time to hit a lot of different goals. If you, um, I'll, I'll explain this more in sort of an analogy in a second, but essentially what you've got to use is periodization. You've got to use different periods of time aiming for different goals whilst you prioritize one and then you, um, you know, really try and bring a sort of fitness component up or a uh, training component up for a decent period of time and then you would switch that to a different training component or a different part of that training component or a different you know different exercises to suit that training component and you would continually adjust um over the course you know every four to six to eight weeks you or 12 weeks maybe even you could stab at 24 if you have a real good run depending on what the goals are but you would consistently target like a few specific things then you would move on to the next specific thing and then you'd move on to the next specific thing and you would do that for a year and by the end of the year you've achieved all these like really good feats uh, and, and accomplishments and you've you've got them all right because you've trained for them all individually it's a it's a much better way to train it's people don't want to hear this because they want to get faster bigger stronger uh, and more explosive and lose weight all now but the reality is it's it's patience is like the key in this game patience 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 um so you know there is no perfect week there is no perfect workout the way i usually like to lay it out and like the the, the sort of periodization 101 would be like build um some size initially right you just if you just got a blank slate you would build some size. You would increase your muscle size. So you'd do some hypertrophy work, um, which I'll get into in another question because I know we've got some muscle gaining questions. You would do some hypertrophy work for, for some time, not necessarily overly heavy, but you would work on really trying to get some good volume into the muscle, get that muscle a little bit bigger. Once you've got that bigger muscle, you would build a little bit of strength along with that just by the same process, right? Uh, as long as you're lifting a decent enough amount, you support that, grow that muscle to be bigger. Then you would do some, at the same time, you can do a few, you know, you can do a couple different training components at the same time, but not too many. So this one we're looking at like size with a little bit of strength for this first phase. And then you'll be looking at movement. You would be doing a lot of like movement work. So either if it's just done with your weights that you're using or it's done in your prep work where you're doing a few different jumps, but nothing nothing overly intensive, nothing to tax you for your weights, just enough to make sure that you are moving perfectly. And in fact, if you're not, you know, if you're doing movement training, it must be done at a low intensity to make sure that the movement's right. And um, this is a, something I'll get into in another question, but really like just work on your movement. Um, then 
Once you're moving better, then you can really ensure that you can build strength without that risk of injury. You've also got that increased muscle to then help like push that strength up. You've got more muscle or more muscle has more potential at being stronger. And then you could probably do a little bit more explosive work because you move better. Um, you, you've got that room to do explosive work. That's your second phase, right? So your first phase, muscle size, a little bit of strength and movement. Second phase, a little bit more intense of movement. So it's not just focus on the movement, it's a little bit focused on explosivity and then strength work, okay? That strength work for the most part, as long as you're eating enough, will hold on to your size. Um, as long as you're getting enough volume, your size, you, you're not going to get smaller, okay? Um, and then from there, that's your second phase. From there, you would go on to purely working your explosive stuff. This would be when I would also look at to trying to do the speed stuff. Um, and again, as long as the intensity is high enough, as long as you're eating enough, you'll hold on to your muscle, you'll hold on to your strength. And But now you're utilizing that extra strength into in an explosive manner. So you're already stronger. You're then becoming more powerful. And that's how sort of, and then you've, you've ticked and, and you're using that power to become uh, faster, right? You're working speed work on top of that. And therefore, you've ticked all the boxes of like the different strength spectrums, right? Hypertrophy, strength, pure strength. Um, and explosivity and then speed you're working all the different contraction types but you've done three different phases maybe that f maybe this lasts 20 weeks and you just repeat that doing that is going to be so much more effective than 20 weeks of one program where you're work trying to figure out how to do speed uh, strength power hypertrophy all at the same time right you're better off just dedicating your resources into one area or one or two areas or the few areas fewest areas that you can to really make sure that you're you know you're getting the best bang for your buck and you're you're saying okay i'm working in this phase i'm just working hypertrophy i'm okay with not getting faster right now because that's not the goal of this i might do a little bit of running but i'm not trying to prioritize getting faster likewise when you're doing your speed work you know you're not going to be adding muscle and uh, pounds of muscle every week likewise when you're doing your speed work you're not worrying about adding slabs of muscle onto your your frame you'll just focus on getting faster because you know that later down the line you're gonna work that's you're gonna be doing that uh, hypertrophy work once again and i think it takes a little bit of sort of not necessarily checking your ego but not being so scared of oh crap what about this i'm missing out on what about this i'm missing out on like you shouldn't add stuff in just cause you should add stuff in knowing that you're doing that for a really, really, really specific purpose. Um, and, and that's how, and that's the, the fundamental difference between training with a purpose and sort of just doing stuff and following an arbitrary program or doing stuff just cause, right? And, and doing stuff with a purpose is what's going to get you your results. As far as structuring your week was concerned, I would look, I'd go on YouTube and type in um, why you should train high-low, uh, rugby muscle, made a video about how you should do like higher intensity days particularly when we're doing speed stuff it's not as important for the hypertrophy phases but if you're doing speed work you want to make sure that um you allow yourself to recover and you allow yourself to work as intense as you can on those speed days so i would mostly try and organize my week around doing um two ish high days one to two ish medium days and then two ish low days depending on obviously how much you can do how often you can commit to the gym um 
which is another really incredibly important part when we're looking at trying to plan out a perfect week. Like one perfect week doesn't mean shit. One perfect or one okay week that's done consistently for 10 weeks is going to be, is going to beat the shit out of that one perfect week, like in terms of what results you're going to get. So don't, don't make the mistake of overcommitting. If you can only make four gym sessions, if you can only make two gym sessions, fucking commit to those two and get the best program that you can for those two days or those four days. Don't worry about like saying, no, no, I'm going to be serious. I'm going to do four days, even though you can know that you're probably only going to get three. And then every other week is a missed week. And then there's another failure. Um, hopefully that answers that question. It does. If you want to expand upon it, Rally Flex, ask in the next, in the, ask in the comments below and we'll, we'll develop on that. Uh, Will asks, hi TJ, regular listener to the pod. I'm 32 and been out the game for two and a half years. What are your thoughts on RFD training to improve acceleration? I'm five foot 10, 93 kilos center. Good. Um, and have had a lot of injuries in the past will okay so rfd training is just it's a marketing way of saying power training as far as i'm concerned like rfd just means sort of plyometrics and just in general like power training if if someone's selling you a sort of special rfd model rfd stands for rate of force development which basically just means power because it means how fast can you contract the muscle kind of means speed but if you can push a decent distance, then it's also power as well. It's kind of power and speed, right? But it's not, there's nothing, there's no RFD training specific protocol that is going to be good or bad. Like you could do things with principles of improving RFD and they could be great and you could get fantastic results and get faster and get more explosive. Or you could apply them terribly and get shit results. You know, it, it, it's, it's not overall like a actual like system as far as I'm aware. And if it is, then it's just someone that's done a good job of marketing that. Um, and it's definitely good for, if you're trying to improve your acceleration, yeah, that's, you should be doing that sort of stuff. Um, it's the, the caveats to that are that it can be taxing, right? So doing explosive work in general, this is why I said uh, in the last question that you should be training like high and low, because if you're doing high high intensity stuff um, and then allowing yourself to recover, you can perform that high intensity stuff again. If you're doing high intensity work every single day, that intensity is just going to drop off and you're not going to actually work power. You're not going to work the acceleration. You're not going to work speed. So you have to make sure that you, you work it infrequent enough that um, it doesn't, you know, that you are improving the thing that you want to improve, Right sure you can add weight to the bar if you're doing like explosive deadlifts and stuff but are you are you staying at the same speed or are you getting faster and if you're not if you're just getting slower but you'll keep doing it then you're not improving what you want to improve this goes back to being specific about what you want to improve if you're doing rfd quote-unquote training you're trying to become more explosive and if you're trying to become more explosive you need to make sure that you have the time to recover and do that well um it's and on on that notion of it being taxing you've also got to understand that if you are doing like overly taxing explosive work those blocks of training can't be more than four to six weeks long without a good deload and then you probably want to repeat that one more time if if that 
and then you want to move on to another gear because it is overly taxing. You can't just work explosion um, at, at high intensity contractions year round because you'll you know you'll just burn out and and also you'll hit a ceiling with your improvements. You're better off at that point just getting stronger or doing that periodization strategy I, I talked I talked about earlier. Getting stronger, um, getting generally a little bit more powerful. And obviously you can increase size, but stronger and more powerful and general power then comes into play to then give you bigger found, a bigger foundation to then work on that RFD a little bit more and have you be a bit faster. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete, then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies. That is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, the physique nutrition crash course video series, the supplement guide, and newly added is a macro calculator. Yes, that's right, a macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 53 conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. The other thing with like real power specific training is that, and you've said that you've had a lot of injuries in the past, so this this might quite apply to you uh, uh, quite well, is that if you're not moving well, then all you're doing is speeding up. Uh, what's the Homer Simpson quote when, he, when he's max power? He says, there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and then there's a the max power way. And Bart says, is that just the wrong way? He says, yes, but faster. Don't do that. That's not a good thing, right? So if you're if you're mechanics support, if you're running mechanics, your stepping mechanics, um, your going into contact mechanics are kind of off. Like you don't move gracefully. Like that might be a better area for you to work on. It's just to move better. Like if you're just you know if you've got a car that's inefficient and it's got really flat tires, you're not just going to rev the shit out of that car. Yes, you can, and it might go slightly faster, but you could also fuck that car up and get it injured right or you just you know and and you're also not getting the best bang for your buck rather than looking at trying to go faster by pressing accelerator down or, or getting a more efficient engine you look at the tires and you would pump air into the tires and all of a sudden just by doing this low intensity thing you're able to move more efficiently um, and you're able to go faster because you move more efficiently you're not actually working that power and that's why i think movement is such an underrated part of uh it's it's part of the base of the rugby physical preparation pyramid that's on YouTube. It's something that's really, really, really important um, in terms of like making you faster, making you more efficient, making you fitter, making you stronger is if you can move your muscles in the right way um, and not waste force like with inefficient joint angles and like poor movement patterns, like putting your feet too far in front of you when you're sprinting or having your center of gravity be off when you're trying to make a step, like those things make it more taxing for you to move, which means it's more effort, which means you're going to be less efficient, which means you're going to be slower, but also means you're going to be uh, worse at stepping, means you're going to, it's going to be more difficult for you to step, so it's, it makes you less fit, and it means you're going to use more strength in order to do that. So it's all of these things combined can be sort of straightened out and made a lot smoother and easier by working 
um, on your movement. So go back and listen to the previous question, and that would be what I would do for you, buddy. Um, last point on this, I'd say for you, Will, is if you've been out of the game for two and a half years, like stepping and uh, power stuff and agility is just in general going to be a little bit like it's going to feel a bit dodgy for you because you've not done it for two and a half years and you can do all the field work that you want but it, there's something very different about doing purposeful field work where you're chasing a ball because don't forget like a lot a lot about stepping and a lot about like trying to find space and agility is isn't just how efficient your legs move it's seeing what's in front of you and reacting to that and if you're out of practice of seeing what's in front of you and reacting then you're not gonna you're just not gonna be as efficient you're gonna be slow to react to a space you're not you know whereas if you've been in the game for you know it's why people that are a little bit slower in rugby that have been in the game for 15 years can still go through gaps because they see them not because they're faster than these young kids that are, have got better, you know, physicality than them. They're just in the game better, and they react. They react to their to what they see in front of them, and and they see the gaps, or they, you know, they make the tackles because they anticipate well where they where they need to go. And so that's a bigger factor as any for your acceleration, for your agility as a rugby player. Cool. All right. Hopefully that answers that question quite well. Um, and again, if you have any follow-ups on these, just comment below and I'll get to them in either in this one or the next one because I really want to make sure I'm answering the questions that you are asking or that you want to know. Okay, so on the post, I also said we've got 12 weeks, folks, today, actually, I think. Let me just confirm that. I believe it's 12 weeks today until Christmas. If my internet wasn't completely slowed down by this live stream, we would know already. Uh, yeah, 84 days. Yeah, that's that's 12 weeks. We've got 12 weeks until Christmas, which is, when you're listening to this, it might be a little bit less. But anything more than 10 weeks and less than 16 is a really good period of time to really like make a commitment to one or two training goals. Kind of like what I answered in the question earlier, that wasn't intentional. One or two training goals... Uh, that you really want to look back on and go right I really gave that a good stab and sometimes it's not going to go great but 12 weeks is long enough for you to really have a good stab at the goal and to see if you've got it or not and, and to then after the 12 weeks assess most of the time you're going to be surprised about how much you can achieve the biggest problem I see with most people with their training is kind of like I said earlier they want to achieve everything at once and then they give up and then they try something else and they got try something else if you commit to one or two things for 12 weeks like that's going to you're going to have made a, you're going to surprise yourself with the amount of progress you particularly if you take measurements and um, really like look back on what you want to achieve or look back at your starting point now like look back on it and you will be like absolutely like shocked about how much you can achieve in 12 weeks so 12 weeks a few different training like one or two training goals are huge for um like how much you can really improve so i think this is a really good time see if we can cap off 2020 which has been a you know a bit of a shit show of a year but uh, but by looking back on it and saying okay it was crap but I actually ended up you know achieving X Y Z I actually uh, for example Joe says he wants to add five kilos of muscle by Christmas like to have a had a shit year and say oh the gyms are closed COVID was crazy you know maybe I even got laid off from work or I was um, 
what's the word furloughed which was a you know that's a new word that most of us have learned this year <laughs> furloughed right i was furloughed but turns out the last 12 weeks of the year i took a real good stab and finally i added some muscle to the to my frame because i consistently trained and i made sure i didn't let up 12 weeks is long enough for you to set in to make a great change but short enough that you can really focus and i think we can see christmas coming around the corner now 12 weeks let's do it so joe wants to add five kilos he's saying frankly wants to franklin wants to add some muscle i'd say 12 weeks is a you know it's the minimum that you should commit to a a muscle gaining phase because muscle gaining is probably the hardest thing that you can do in the gym. I've said it time and time again, like consistently adding muscle is, it's it's just, you just don't see too many big guys. And it's because, I mean, number one, genetics. But number two, most people don't stick to a long phase of really trying to gain muscle. Now, if you're trying to gain five kilos in 12 weeks, that's that's a huge amount of muscle that you want to gain. I'm not going to say it's impossible because... I don't know where your training age is at. I don't know your history. Um, you know, particularly if you've been doing the training that most people do where you kind of just go and you, you know, you're not overly intense, not overly focused. You're just kind of going through the motions, which we're all guilty of. I was absolutely guilty of it. That's why I was able to make the transformation that you might have seen in my recent Instagram post. It was because I did two years of sort of phoning it in and thinking I was doing enough. And then I realized that at the beginning of this year, something's got to change. Um, so you can absolutely gain five kilos in 12 weeks. Now, if you're, particularly if you're not fussed about a little bit of potential uh, fat gain along with that, like um, you can gain muscle whilst losing fat, but you just do not get the best of both worlds. You're better off really trying to like focus your energy into one of those two things because they're kind of opposing goals. Losing fat, losing weight, losing mass off your frame, that's one that's one side of the coin the complete opposite end adding weight adding mass adding like pounds to your frame they're two opposites of you know complete opposite goals now you can achieve both but i wouldn't i wouldn't have that be the goal okay so go for it what i would do is if i was you joe and franklin you want to add muscle go to rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros download the macro calculator get a good starting base now that's that those numbers aren't going to be perfect but they're going to be a good base for you to try and gain weight um you could even just start the whatever the maintenance calories are and not worry about it then i would focus on your training look at you know all you have to do really for, to get muscle growth is make sure you're doing 10 to 15 ish hard sets uh per muscle group per week um and you would look at you know Ideally, you're going to train in a hypertrophy rep range, which is between you know, 5 to 15 to 20 reps. Um, you don't have to um, use all the different rep ranges, but it might be best if you do just for sort of stopping you from getting bored. Um, but again, if you're aiming to gain muscle, I would look at the high, you know, lean towards medium to higher reps um, and maybe do a little bit of strength work on top of that. But then that that's it. I mean, that's as simple as it can be. And then you would distribute those sets over the, the amount of gym sessions that you can attain. I would really make sure that um, I'm getting my food in. Then from there, like each week, try and add weight to the bar. Try and add, if you're adding five kilos, so that would be roughly just under, you know, it would just be just under half a kilo a week. So you want to see that in your average weekly weigh-in. You wouldn't just weigh yourself once a week because water weight can fluctuate and mess that number up. I weigh myself every day. 
work out an average weekly weigh-in. And over the course of each week, you would see that scale go up by 0.5 kilos. If it doesn't, then potentially add extra calories. I would, as standard, probably add in 100 calories or so a week. To if you're particularly if you're starting on maintenance, I'd add in 100 kilos each week and just keep going until you're got you're gaining too fast. Um, 100 calories a week, mainly from carbohydrate. Uh, yeah, I'd add in mostly, if not at all, from carbohydrate. Uh, based on the numbers that you that you got out from that calorie calculator, um, add in 100 calories a week. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And if you know, if you're starting out of maintenance, that makes sense because you're starting out of maintenance, right? And you're thinking, oh, this isn't enough to to gain weight. But if you add in 100 kilos, 100 calories a week for 12 weeks, you've added in 1,200 calories on top of your diet. So that way, it sort of gears you up as you go and, and it keeps fueling you, it keeps fueling you, keeps giving you a little bit more stimulus to add weight, to add mass to your frame. Um, and obviously at any point, if it's get, if that, if that rate of weight gain is a little bit too fast and you're worried about getting a little bit too chubby, I would just keep it where it is and not add a hundred, hundred calories that week. Likewise, if you're at, if you're like losing weight, you know, that's not the point of this phase, right? So I would make sure that I, maybe I even add in 200 calories a day for the next week. Um, but you would, you would assess that week by week. Okay. Um, dial in your pre and post workout make sure you're uh meticulous with your data you're really staying on top of this you're going to commit i mean and committing doesn't just mean i'm going to try hard in the gym because that's like everyone says that they're going to try hard in the gym and you know that's not you know it's sort of subjective um what's really objective is how well are you tracking your data how well can you really commit to making sure you weigh yourself every day and then you write it somewhere that you can work out your average weight. How, how meticulous are you with your sticking to your calories? Um, you're not just, fig, you know, blowing it off three days a week. You're actually really staying consistent. Um, how much are you making sure that you go into the gym and you're feeling energized because you gave yourself a good pre-workout nutrition um, and you focus and you know what your plan is. How often you finish in the gym and you're making sure that you're getting in a really good um, bolus of calories via carbohydrates and protein to refuel yourself, start that recovery process. How meticulous are you with getting your seven to nine hours sleep um, to really make sure that you're recovering as best you can? Gaining muscle, once again, it's the hardest thing that you can do in the gym. And so having a good 12 weeks of trying to lay down these big habits is a great idea and i think that's something and factoring all those things in taking a good stab at it let's go um but actually that leads me to one more point in terms of like uh, weight gain um a lot of people just arbitrarily throw out numbers like i want to add five kilos like why five kilos like what do you what's gonna change there or is it just because half a kilo a week is a good number to aim for um you really want to look at like a, the best sort of weekly rate of weight gain that you can do um, which is like half a kilo is probably going to be the max. Like I wouldn't add, I wouldn't try and add a kilo a week. I just think that it's just, it's just too much and you're, it's going to be sloppy. You're going to end up adding fat and then you're going to cut that, uh, gaining phase short because you'll get too fat and you're like, oh crap, I need to lose weight now again. 
and then it's less time spent gaining muscle. You want to spend as much time as you can. If you really want to gain muscle, you want to spend as much of your training time as you can in a caloric surplus to fuel that muscle gain to really try and promote that growth. So aim it, just aiming for an arbitrary body weight and saying, oh, I want to get to 95. Oh, okay. Then go to a Chinese buffet every day for two weeks and smash the calories there. You'll have had, you'll have five kilos. Will that be quality muscle? Absolutely it won't. Will you have spent a lot of time in a calorie surplus trying to really promote muscle growth? Of course you won't have because after those two weeks, you're going to be fat and then you're going to go back into a deficit. Um, you're going to go into a deficit and then lose that weight. So, you know, it, it just, um, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. So really try and look at half a kilo-ish a week and then you're going to be fine. Um, dial in your pre and post workout and then go from there. Okay, so Lockie wants to fix imbalances. We've gone for 35 minutes. Um, I'll leave you with this. I'm going to give you this teaser, and then I'll get into your questions, uh, Lockie, on the next one. Fixing imbalances, I've said it before, Like that just means that you want one side to get weaker, right? Otherwise, you just want to get stronger on both sides, and you're still going to stay in balance. You just want to move a little bit better. You want to um, get stronger overall. Um, but remember that like most of rugby isn't done with two feet at the same time. Anyway, you sprint on one leg at a time. So just get both legs stronger. Um, like don't overanalyze being in balance. Most people actually have one leg shorter than the other, um, measure them. like most or smaller than the other as well. Measure them. You'll see it's, it's just because we aren't, we have two arms. We don't have one arm that's stuck together that we've got like one. You know, they, they, no, we've got two arms. We've got two legs. They should be treated separately as such. I'll get into details on this in the next live one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Give it a thumbs up if you've enjoyed it. Um, as always, give us a five-star review on the podcast. Thank you so much for the guys that have already given us a five-star review. Keep supporting. If you want 50 free rapid condition sessions or any sort of our free downloads, um, and get uh, my sort of motivational hints and tips and ideas and thoughts emailed to you and stories emailed to you on a regular basis, rugby-muscle.com. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you in the next one. All right, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.